I don't believe in having a stale anything. I don't want to stale career. I don't want to stale job. I don't want to stale company. I don't want to stale business. I don't want to stale anything. I like to be in a moment of freshness. And so the minute something starts to smell stale or feel stale or stuffy is the minute that I understand that there's a pivot that's needed. I would tell anyone when you're thinking about a thing, do the thing to see if you love the thing before you invest in the thing. So I just don't believe that people should invest a whole lot of time and energy in a concept until they've proven that concept is something that they want to do. Today's episode, Turning 50, Making Pivots and Traveling the World. If you are looking to fulfill your travel bucket list, you are in the right place. This is the right episode to listen to. I had a conversation with Caramel McCoy, CEO and founder of a boutique travel agency, Women Travel Abroad. And we covered a lot of different topics. We started out talking about travel, traveling solo, her approach to it, how she's helped hundreds of women over the years travel. But then we also talk about what does it feel like to be turning 50? And we get a lot into her very inspiring story about how she launched her business and grew it and where she sees it going in the future. So to tell you a little bit more about Caramel McCoy, as I mentioned, she's the founder of Women Travel Abroad. She's also co-host of the Top 1% podcast, CEO Chronicles, a business mentor and the owner of an office building in Kansas City. Since starting in 2018, Women Travel Abroad has taken over 420 travelers to 25 countries and has grown to nearly 1 million in annual revenue on a shoestring budget. Caramel is an experienced speaker. She's spoken at conferences, corporations. She showcases her expertise from a decade working in accounting, talent development, and morning radio DJ. I am so thrilled that I got to meet Caramel in Bali, and I think you're really going to uh, enjoy the conversation. Hello, Caramel. It is always such a pleasure to see you and talk to you. I know you look so bright and bushy-tailed. I'm so glad to be on the show today. I really am. Well, thank you for being here. We have a lot of ground to cover today, so I'm going to jump right into it. Okay. Well, you know that our new name here is Blueprint Breakers, right? This this episode is actually part of our launch party, global launch party for Blueprint Breakers. Okay. I would love to hear, I definitely see you as a Blueprint Breaker. Yes. I would love to hear from you. In what way do you think you might be considered a Blueprint Breaker? So I have to think, it goes back to the genesis of the business that I run, right? Women Travel Abroad. So when that started back in 2017, I remember the idea was in order to do travel, you needed to be a travel agent. And so I was like, well, how does one become a travel agent? So I went down a rabbit hole of figuring all of that out. And one of the ways that people become travel agents is that they have to work under what's called a host agent or a host agency. And that's in order to get your IATA number, which an IATA number in travel business is like having this discount thing where you can get commissions. It's about getting, you know, being able to go into Sabre where you can do airfare and you have to work under someone in order to get this number. And you have to work under them for like quite a few hours. And so when I was doing the investigation, I found a host agency and they wanted to charge me a bunch of money. And then They told me I couldn't go here and I had to use their people and I had to use their hotels and I couldn't do this. And I thought, why in the heck would I ever 
want you to tell me and dictate where I want to take the people I want to take them. So Mm -hmm. I recognized, well, obviously I'm not a travel agent. So that was my first understanding of what the blueprint is supposed to be and how Mm -hmm. I need to change that, that, because that's not really doesn't fit me. Right. Right. So you just wrote your own. (laughs) Had to Amy, there was no other way. I, 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 you can't tell me that I want to, if I want to go to a specific hotel in a specific city, cause I know it for you mm-hmm. to tell me that, well, that's not commissionable. They don't do commission. So you can't go there. I couldn't understand why that would be like, well, I just don't need commissions. Then I'll like, figure another way out, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and when I heard about your business and what you do, it definitely struck a chord with me because I, I love to travel and I know sure. a lot of my audience loves to travel. Uh-huh. And I also hear, I talk to a lot of women who wish they could travel more. Yeah. There, there's a lot that gets in the way. Either they, usually it's, they don't have anybody to go with is, sure. is one of the number one things. Either their partner has, doesn't have the interest or they don't have a partner or finding the right friends to travel sure. with. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Like in terms of, that's exactly what you do and how you serve. So you know what? about travel for women. I listen, Amy, there was a, there was a a pain point out there for women of a certain age. And that's what I call them, right? We service at women travel abroad, women of a certain age. And what that means is it's women who are professionals who have worked quite a, quite a while. They've got, you know, they're empty nesters. They may have a partner. They may not, they want to travel and their friends are like, yeah, so I don't want to do it. Cause there's a certain kind of a person that wants to travel, has that travel wanderlust attitude, mm-hmm. but they don't want to go with 50 people and they don't want to go alone. Right? right. And so they're like, what the heck do I do? I think what has happened is especially now post COVID, a lot of those women who were without partners or widows or, you know, empty nesters, they were cooped up by themselves for so long. And now it's like, okay, so I'm ready to go. Who am I going to go with? And so that's kind of how we filled in the gap for them. They have a fantastic time when with the, we're with other ladies who are in this kind of the same boat as they are. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about not having to drag around somebody who doesn't really want to have that same experience. You know what I mean? Right, right. What, what kind of places have you gone with your, with your groups? So it's worldwide. We typically take people to places that our host and host assistant have been to before. We believe in, well, we don't believe in the blind leading the blind, right? Uh So I don't want to have my host taking you somewhere. They have nowhere, no idea of where they're going and where they, you know, where they're at. The idea is that you will be comfortable that knowing that your host will have been to that location and kind of can steer you in the right direction on any of the things that you want to do. Now, that's not to say that we don't hire local guides on the ground who are from the location, because we believe in that as well. I believe that tourism really needs to give back in a way that really caters to the people who are in those countries. So, Shucks, we've been to places like, you know, all over Europe, of course, Jordan, Egypt, in Africa. We've gone up to Iceland. We're now expand. We've gone to South America. We're expanding that from Central and South America. Now we're moving over into Asia since we're kind of post COVID maybe sort of kind of, and can really, yeah, if we're going to put a damper in the Asian countries, but they're starting to open up and and be a little bit better about Mm -hmm. letting tourism tourists in now. Right. Well, and you have a very unique approach to it because I I know back when I started traveling, Mm -hmm. which I was, I 
turned 40 before I had ever ventured out of the country. And I decided that I was going to like change that fast. So I looked for groups and I looked for women travel groups, but they were like, like what you described, they were large groups. And so I'm lucky now that I've cultivated friends. So I go with smaller, like sort of middle sized groups and stuff, but you have a really interesting approach to make sure that they're comfortable, that they're a right fit, that it's sure. the right trip. So talk to me about how you do that. Cause I've never seen another travel group approach it like that. So I'll tell you this one of what you said, I think to your point about what makes people comfortable, that's mm-hmm. kind of our story. We have travelers who've never been out of the country before. As a matter of fact, my most avid traveler, we call her, well, her name is Julie and she's been on seven WTA trips so far. <laughs> and she continues to come back as be, and, and the reason why is because she felt like she had her hand held in the time where she didn't know what to do when going out of the country. And so our approach is one of those where you've got to come to a call and meet the other ladies who you could potentially be traveling with. So you can get a feel for our group and see the faces. I think there's something to be said about not ever having any complaints on with our business model because they come in knowing, okay, these women look like me. They talk like me. They are in the same type of professions as me, you know, as a professional woman, and they want the same thing that I want. They don't want it. We're not schlepping our luggage around from hotel to hotel. We're not on a bus from seven to 12 trying to figure out what the heck flying through the city. We, we call it experiential travel. So before anyone can ever spend money with us, they've got to come to that call. They either have to call our leadership team. They either have to come on. Our, we have a Saturday call and a Wednesday call. Mm-hmm. And that way they get to ask the questions before they ever spend money. I know one of my customers is, do you ever give money back if someone gives you money and, and they haven't come to a call? I said, absolutely all the time. If you can't follow the simple direction of before you send us money, call us because the worst thing, I, I hate having to give refunds. I hate it. I hate doing extra paperwork. So to me, know before you buy and then there's yeah. never an issue. And that's how we've been able to be successful and not have complaints and people who are upset and didn't know what they were getting into because you kind of know up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite location to travel to? Oh, girl, I was Moroccan in another life. Yeah. Everyone who comes in contact with me knows that Morocco is my favorite place on earth. Yeah. I go there every year to get re to get re-energized. The smells, the sights, the food, the 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 hammam, the the spirituality, mm. the you can go to the ocean, to the coast, you can go to the mountains and the atlas, you can be in the desert. It's all in the same trip. That to me, it's, it's, it's my, it's where I, it, it breathes life into me. And I, my husband used, I remember when we first, I first decided to go, he was like, you're going to hate it. There's going to be awful. And I got there. I was like, I love it. I love it. So mm-hmm. I've been going every year since. Yeah. Right. Right. So it, if you're talking to a, a, a woman who either, you know, maybe she hasn't traveled that much or not at all, or, or maybe she has, I don't know, but she's, she's looking for community. She's looking for companionship to travel and she's looking for ways to do it. Like what should, what should she look for? What should she make sure that she look for when she's doing that? So be comfortable and confident in the idea of how, what kind of pace that you're wanting to travel in. 
I will tell you that women of a certain age I found do not want to be on the go 24 seven on vacation. They really want to be in the space. People watch a little bit, have a cup of Mm -hmm. coffee and people watch at the cafe. They want to have real dinner, not the dinner where it's in the English menu, but the dinner where it's out. You know, I always make fun of the, you know, Venetian dinner where we're not at the Rialto bridge having dinner. We're out in one of the little smaller canal restaurants where you probably have a bistro with like maybe, you know, six or seven tables inside. But that fish came from the Aegean Sea literally that morning to be prepared for you that evening. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's who looks for us. We look for private tours. We go to places that are kind of more off the beaten path. And I really mean experiential. It's not like when you were in your 20s and you got your backpack and you're headed out and you don't care about a hostel and schlepping luggage. It's just not the way we're going to do it, you know. So if you're that, it's a little, it leans a little luxury, mm-hmm. but I say it leans more experiential more than anything because, and then I think the biggest thing for people of a certain age, women of a certain age, single occupancy. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're wanna, like smiling cheek to cheek. So yeah. Okay. Look, Cause I want to, I want to hang out with the chicks all day. I want to have a blast with you. But when I go back to my room, I don't want to mm-hmm. share. I want to decompress and kind of take in the day and think about and process all that I've seen and done that day and be ready for the next day. I don't want to have to tiptoe. I don't want to have to share my bathroom. I don't want to have to, you know, if I want to be up because I'm a night out all night, I want to do that without having yeah. to make anyone else inconvenient. So I think if there was anything that was the biggest factor on why we're successful is the single occupancy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you, do you do Airbnb type places, hotels, both? Like what, you know, to to, Um, to accommodate the single occupancy piece? Where we are boutique. So it depends on the country. So for example, in Morocco, when we go, I stay in the Medina in the walled city, traditional right outside the souk. And we stay in a Riyadh. And it's mm-hmm. our Riyadh. So when they come to the Morocco and they come to the Riyadh, they're like, oh my goodness, it's like our home. It's your home away from home. And it's private. So we've rented out the whole Riyadh to where it's just going to be us. And you got to remember, you know, we're only traveling with six travelers, the most eight at any given time. So at that point, I you know, we're really, we're really, really small. You know, we have mm-hmm. a small bus that we're on, like a little van, instead of mm-hmm. having to be on that big 50 person, 55 person. We don't follow the buses. Um, So we do boutique hotels. I do. I like to be in the city center and places that we need to be in the city center. But I also in Germany, we're going to go to places that are kind of less luxury and more of what I call German charm, uh, where they've got the key that's on this big old tassel, like, you know, you seen back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, it, uh, so more the- like authentic, like more uh, like authentic local experiences. hundred percent. Like. Yeah. I, I just believe that next week or a couple of weeks, they're headed to, to do the El Camino. Are you familiar with the El Camino through mm-hmm. the, through Portugal, Spain, and oh. France? It's mm-hmm. like a sabbatical walk. If you've ever read The Alchemist, that was where he went that on that walk, like a quest. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to do the Azora, Arzoa to Compostela, Santiago Compostela Rock. And so it's 24 kilometers, so 13 miles a day. They're going to walk for two, over two days, our luggage is going to be shipped to the next hotel. Cause again, we're not schlepping luggage, right? A little bit more luxurious, but it's still in the opportunity to kind of be in your space and take the sights in. But in those places, you're going to have a small boutique hotel. We're not going to be able to stay in like the luxurious, what you would consider right, you know, right. in a small little city like our, our Zoa. It's, it's just mm-hmm. too small to do that. Right. 
So we, it just depends on the city, how we make our choices for our accommodations. That makes sense. Do you ever attract solo travelers? Like, cause I, I'm thinking, you know, just from the trip that you and I met on in Bali, you know, mm-hmm. I, I had part of it was on my own. And then I met up with our group, which was a great small group. And when I venture out on my own, sometimes I think about, oh, I'd love to meet up with a group. I'd love to join up with a group. Does that ever happen? Do you have women that go on, on your trips and then go off to somewhere else? Or are you doing the whole tour together? How does that work? Great question. So I've had travelers who add time on the front end of the trip or the back end of the trip. Uh-huh. If you're in the same location and you just want to add some time on, we can help you with those accommodations and adding some room times or not. Um, but it just depends. I have travelers who are solo travelers at heart, but they've done it enough to where they're like, okay, now it's time for you to try You know, you're, you're hanging out and it's good to be by yourself, but now you kind of want to have a little bit of some camaraderie, right? You mm-hmm. want to have, you know, you want to drink wine and talk about what you just saw and experienced. So we have those type of travelers. I think that attracting a solo traveler, the reason why they do that is because they're longing for a little bit of some companionship while they're out there experiencing mm-hmm. whatever that is. But mm-hmm. then in terms of, you know, adding on and doing another trip off the back of that, absolutely. I've got a young lady who always is somewhere before she comes on a WTA trip. She's, you know, if we're going to be in Jordan, she's going to be in Turkey on the beginning. And if we're going to be in Egypt, she's going to be in Lebanon or, so she always tacks on a little extra time. And that's because she says, while I'm out here, I need to be out here. So I want to take as much time as possible. That's great. I love that. I love that. All right. I've got one more travel question and then I, then I, I got to go into some other areas. So as as I know, for somebody who myself wants to start traveling more and more, especially since I took a pause for about two years, you know, of of not traveling, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to learn about like the perks and the tips and Mm. all all of that kind of stuff. Do you, Mm. do you help people with that? Like, you know, how to, you know, what's the best credit cards do you like how to rack up your points, how to get the best travel deals, like that kind of thing. That's a great question. Let me tell you, we are boutique enough that I am able to help with all of the tips. So on for our group, this another thing that sets us apart is we have a 90, 60, and 30 day call before leading up to your trip. So Mm. at 90 days, I give you like a to-do list or the what you're talking about, the tips, like what adapter do you need? What do you need for the plane? What do you need for when you get there? What is your favorite snacks that you can bring with you? Talk about credit cards and which one you need to bring and which ones you can't use. I'm a big fan of the points guy. I don't know if you know about him. The points guy.com. Like he is a, I'm a huge fan. I've been watching him for since the beginning. I remember when he, before he was the biggest thing. Right. And cause he's amazing at what he does and give you all of the things that are happening in the moment for travel as well. We also talk about travel insurance and what that means and why I do a packing call. Cause girl, some of these chicks come to these places and they're like three little luggages, one just for their shoes. And I'm like, girl, Team carry on. I need to tr- convert you. You are a pro. I saw the size of your bag and how much you got into it. <laughs> right. Oh my God. That but alone the, is a class, a master class. It is. It is. And I, I shared those tips with our travelers because I do want them to be helpful. I want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't include airfare, but I include helping you find your airfare should you need it. Some of our ladies mm-hmm. have never bought an international trip. They're like, I don't know what this means. And, you know, no less if it's going to be not just a round trip, but a multi-city where you're flying into Zagreb, but you're leaving out of Dubrovnik. How does that even work? Is that a such thing? 
So we right. do help with that when our traveler asks us for it. But what we also know is women of a certain age, there are times when they want to be self-sufficient or are. And so mm -hmm. I don't ever want to be intrusive on that. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big ones I can tell you is insurance. Um, people say you're supposed to make them get insurance. You have them make them show you proof. And I'm like, that's not my, I'm, that's not my zhuzh. I don't, mm -hmm. I should not have to make you or tell you, I can, well, I could tell you how great oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. but to make you get it to me seems, you know, it is counterintuitive because right. at the end of the day, you know, the risk that you can take with a big purchase, such as a, a pretty substantial amount that you're dropping on a trip that you're going to take right. out of the country. So we absolutely want to help with those on those calls. We talk about that on our Saturday call. We have conversation about travel tips and things. So absolutely. Cool. So did. Did WTA, did that start as a business idea or did it start because you were traveling? And I mean, how, how did it start for you? So to be quite honest, when I started WTA, my husband was deploying to Qatar for, for a year and we mm. were leaving. It was after being stationed in Germany for four years. I'd been traveling with my family. People had been coming for years coming and I've been showing them all the places and I was like, I don't need to look for an, I got RFP, a reduction in force, right? Or RIF, a reduction in force from a mm -hmm. job that I was, I loved it. I was a trainer. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do? And so I was like, I wonder if I can get some chicks to go with me overseas. And so I started a meetup group and I made a flyer and met them at a Chick-fil-A. And next thing I know, we're headed to Amsterdam and Paris. And while I I thought we had something off the first trip. I only planned the first one because I thought, what if I don't like this? Like, what if I don't like taking chicks overseas? Like, what if this sucks? But it didn't suck. So <laughs> I decided to start doing the research surrounding what a travel business is, which is why I went to that host agency and started finding out what that meant. And I just decided, okay, there's not really anything that exists that looks like me, like this business that I'm trying to build. So I guess I need to start from ground zero and started building it. And what year was that? That was in 2017. Nice. Yeah. So here we are six, seven years. We're going to be six years. Yeah, we're going to be six years. You're doing multiple trips, many, many trips a year. You've got hosts. All yeah, we started, all I think we started with just me and my partner at the time. And she ended up, it ended up being a lot of work for her and she just wasn't able to keep up. So she left the business. Then I started, I, I couldn't do it by myself. So I started having assistance. I was using college students at the time mm -hmm. where I would, you know, say, Hey, you know, any college students want to get out there, pay your airfare and I'll take you around the world. Or you could be my assistant. And that worked out for very well for me in the beginning. And then I was like, shucks, I need to get more people in our pipeline to be hosts. And I did that. So we grew it from like the first year. I remember that she left the first year. We, we split like $235. <laughs> it was, that was like, that was your profit. The, yeah, that was it. At we least it all, was profit. It was, <laughs> we paid all the bills that year. But, but at that point, I didn't know what it was worth. I didn't know what the trip was worth. I didn't know what we were like. I didn't know, even know what this was supposed to be. Now yeah. we are, you know, and those gross revenues that first year was like $69,000. I think we did like four trips. Now mm -hmm. we're up to 18 trips. We're at about $575,000. And next nice. year we're on target to three quarters of a million. Nice. And it's basically just me and a couple of chicks and some hosts who love WTA, who were formal travelers, a lot of them, mm -hmm. and are like, I'm ready to make this thing go. So yeah. that's kind of how it went. Yeah. Awesome. Were there any, were there times in the early days where you were thinking, oh, I, I need to go back and get a J-O-B? 
Where, I did get a job. A thought? Oh, you did. Okay. I did. So 2000, 2020, I had mm-hmm. it. I looked for a job. Um, mm-hmm. I got a job, a corporate job. Um, mm-hmm. I went back because we were trying to buy a house and the year previously, we didn't make any money because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and we were planning on buying the house in 21. And so mm-hmm. in order for you to buy a house, you got to have some income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I knew that that was the case. So I, I took a job while working WTA going on 18 trips. I don't wow. know how I was able to do it. Like, yeah, it's great. I, I don't PTO was, I was rocking it girl. And I told my husband, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for this year to mm-hmm. help us get into this house. Cause you have to look good on paper. Yeah, People miss right. that. Like a business is great, but if you're not looking good on paper, it does, it will not help you to get the thing. And so that job is what helps secure that thing, and nice. which is the house that he wanted to have. So that's kind of, yeah. yeah, I worked. And then I quit after we got the house. <laughs> <laughs> make the, make the first mortgage payment and then turn in your resignation. <laughs> that was that girl. Once they got me in the house, honey, I did. I lasted a little while. So we bought the house in October. I lasted until April of the next year. So I oh, did okay. do a few, few more months, but that was because I was running out of, I ran out of PTO by that time. I was like, okay. So they were like, either go WTA or stay at the job. I was like, okay, so I'll see y'all yeah. later. So that's very impressive that you've been able to build this and and ramp it and keep it going while you you had that going on as well. So that's awesome. A lot of women in our age range Uh are often faced with like wanting to make a shift, a pivot, a big Uh change in their life, you know, shake things up. And I know you've done that multiple times. You're working on that now. Talk Talk to me about that. Your thoughts around reinvention and and going in new directions. You know, I kind of feel like our illustrious leader when we were in Bali said, you know, I live, I think about what Glow said that she's been reinventing herself the entire time. That's Mm -hmm. pretty much what I've done. Here's the reason why. I don't believe in having a stale anything. I don't want to stale career. I don't want to stale job. I don't want to stale company. I don't want to stale. I don't want to stale business. I don't want to stale anything. I like to be in a in a moment of freshness. And so the minute something starts to smell stale or feel stale or stuffy, is the minute that I understand that there's a pivot and and that that's needed. I would tell anyone when you're thinking about a thing, do the thing to see if you love the thing before you invest in the thing. Plainly, that means I literally got a meetup group and went and met some ladies at a free thing and said, hey, do you want to go? I took them to see if it was good. What if I got there and it wasn't good? I could have, I didn't invest in an office or a business license or all of the extra things before I actually knew that this is what I wanted to do and invest a lot of time and effort and energy in it. I've been talking to a young lady who went on the first trip with us. Charity is her name. And Charity, I remember her her calling me about starting a business that she was thinking about. And it she just wasn't in it. So I'm only going to give myself three months. I said, you don't have to give yourself any time. Just try it and see if you like it. And if it works out, that three months will turn into six months to a year to whatever. So I just don't mm-hmm. believe that people should invest a whole lot of time and energy in a concept until they've proven that that concept is something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that's great. Great advice. What I see and what I hear from a lot of women is they're in, they identify that it's gotten stale and sometimes worse than stale. I mean, stale is kind of like a neutral negative and, and, and sometimes it gets like beyond that where it's like harming. Them. Right. <laughs> but, but people, I, I think it's easy for us to just freeze mm-hmm. in, in those circumstances, usually out of fear, you know, of, yeah. of either the fear of the unknown or 
fear of failure, whatever it is. What thoughts do you have around that? Like, how do you, if you're feeling that sort of like freeze moment or fear moment, how do you push through that? Should you push through that? Yeah. So I look for resources that are free. My best friend, she runs, she, we started our business at the same time. She actually runs a brick and mortar and an insurance agency and she's an insurance and has real employees. And she knows, she always makes fun of me for always taking free meetings from anyone that has the knowledge on what I'm trying to get after. So just this morning, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking about my business and trying to figure out an exit strategy. And I'm, I needed a business valuation is what my research is telling me. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, what do I do? Let's find the top business brokers and valuation companies and take a meeting. And they're free meetings. And they answer a lot of my questions before I've ever spent a dime. What that means is I get the information. There's so many free resources out there in order to get past a lot of that fear, it really is just a matter of investigation. And that's free because it'll help tell you whether or not it is something that you want to get into. It might be like, I call it perfection paralysis or being paralyzed by the unknown. Start to understand, get the know, understand, find the information. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you mentioned exit strategy, which I know a lot of business owners and CEOs, you know, you you have to start thinking about that as early as you can. What do you see as your next evolution? Funny you should say that, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't know that it was hard for, I don't know, wellness coaches and fitness coaches and business coaches and, you know, all these people who have these clients that they see on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and want to take them somewhere for an experience and they don't know how to do it. And so I was like, how can I help that person who is like, listen, I've got my own clients. I just need to know what it takes in order to take these people successfully out of the country or wherever. And it doesn't break my bank. It doesn't break their bank and everybody's happy. And I was like, I could do that. So I've been taking on clients and not coaching, but training. I don't identify as a coach. Um, Mm -hmm. And the only reason why I don't Coaches, you know, tell you you can do it. It's going to be great. I actually help you do it mm-hmm, <laughs> and get to the, mm-hmm. the finish line. And so ultimately my next iteration and where I see myself going is helping people to develop retreats or any type of experiential travel uh-huh. that they want to do inside their businesses. Their business. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so I've helped a young lady who's a wellness coach. She's having her first event in St. Lucia in one week. We were able to start from, she had no place, no date, no nothing. So now she's got three people who have booked her retreat. So, and that happened in five days. So I'm imagining that that's where I want to go. I'm a trainer by heart. I'm a master trainer. I have an MBA. That's where I live and I love. So that's where I think I'm going to go next. Awesome. I love that. I love that vision. Yeah. Now on a personal side, I've also noticed as I follow you on social media, that Uh you're starting to ponder thoughts around turning the the five O the big, which, five which I did a handful of years ago. So like, welcome, we're waiting for you. So. <laughs> Girl, what happened? How did you get through it? What was happening leading oh, up to that? I was, I was going through it leading mm-hmm. up to, up to it for sure. And I shook my life up at another time, I moved across the country just before that and did yeah. a bunch of stuff at that time. Uh-huh. And I, and my big focus was 
to celebrate the occasion as big as possible. You know, okay. so I, I, I planned a big celebration with some of my girlfriends from all around the country and, and mm-hmm. had a really big celebration, but there was a lot of, a lot of emotion going on behind the scenes. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear like, what have you been thinking about? What are you wondering about? So, you know, a lot of the friends that I have that are in my age group, my peer group are talking about grandchildren. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want any, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And that, you know, pisses people off that I say that out loud. And I thought, why does that make people so upset? I don't want to hold anybody's baby. I, you know, they, and they send me pictures of theirs and I'm like, oh, Oh, I don't know what they want me to tell. Isn't she so cute? Like, mm, wait, are your, are your kids? old enough to I mean are they approaching I've got a 28 time? year old who okay yeah right. I've got so you a may 20- not have a say in it <laughs> listen I'm I'm like hey y'all stop wait wait a little while you have time like mm-hmm. and not anything bad about being a parent I I'm just thinking about me as a grandparent and how I am or how I'm as a anyway I, it's not it, I'm not faring well with that whole idea of being a grandparent the other thing is Shucks, I, I'm pondering. Like my father, he just went through a total hip replacement, hmm. and I'm like, so I'm understanding that I'm going to be taken care of. I'm in the middle, smack dab in the middle of parent mm-hmm. taking care of my parents, and then taking care of these children. And I'm like, right. how did I get here? That's been very. That's kind of been a lot of the subjects surrounding what I've been thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how does my, how do my parents affect? what I'm doing as I move toward the future and if do they affect that or should they or shouldn't they and then my kids like are you going to be sucking on me for the rest of your life like are are you going to always need something am I supposed to always be there for you like or who said that or why (laughs) is that terrible no no I think it's no I think it's normal and I and I appreciate that you say the say the thoughts out loud (laughs) (laughs) you know that's one thing I don't have a problem doing it's human it's human Yeah, and we we did a couple episodes on that because yeah, we're at that age, you know, we're, we're have you know taking care of parents and, and becoming empty nesters or been empty nesters for a while. And mm-hmm. those of us that are, are single have a different set of challenges with the whole caregiving questions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's definitely a new a new phase of life to move into for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna go into it lovingly. Like I had a big bash when I turned 40. It was called Morocco in the ATL, and I invited all my friends oh. and family from all over the country. We came. We had a funky good time. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, am I gonna do something for 50? I don't want to do anything for 50. Like I feel like just don't bother me. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like, like, even right now in this way, like my mom's like, oh, you're going to have a party. I'm like, mm, I think I'm okay yeah. not having anybody around me. As a matter of fact, I think I want to go somewhere and just kind of be at that mm-hmm. moment, you know, yeah. like it doesn't, I don't need to bring it in with a bunch of fanfare. Yeah. You might want to just go quiet, just be yeah. sort of still in the moment. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've been thinking about. So I don't know for those of my sisters who have gone on past the, that half a century, which is. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a heck of a concept <laughs> once you're but what I found and what a lot of my friends that are over the I mean once you kind of get past that so for some reason the five O is a big mm-hmm. sticker but then mm-hmm. once you get over that it's like nothing and and it's it actually can be a very freeing a freeing decade <laughs> as well I'll tell you what my best friend said so Shell said that 
in her well, at 48, 49, and people are like, oh, so you say you're like you're 49, like, oh, okay. But she said once she turned, she's like, yeah, I'm 51. 51, girl, where are you 50? You look good. She said, that's gonna happen. I was like, oh, so I have to wait until <laughs> oh, I yeah. turn 50 before someone they're gonna be like, what? So I'm waiting yes. for that. I like, I want that to be my thing. Like when the next thing happens, like, oh, 50 girl, please. You look like no way you could be 50. I'm waiting for that moment. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that'll be a fun moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. But the whole perimenopause menopause thing that kind of puts a little, uh, it's a little damper on the whole situation too. You know, I went early, so I've been oh. menopausal since 40. Oh, and man. so I, okay. I was super so you got early. that. So you've got it. You've walked that walk. I had. And let me tell you, if I could do it all over again, I would do it the same way I did it. And the, not that I had anything to do with it, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. but I'm grateful for not having to deal with any of those issues. I haven't had yeah. much hormonal. I've learned to listen to my body in my forties. I've learned to do some yes. homeopathic type stuff and some natural type yes. remedies. I did yes. not let them cut on me or cut anything out of me or do any of those things or put me on a bunch of medication. I just had to figure it out through diet and exercise and all of that, which, you know, is to my mother's detriment because she thinks I am super not going to the doctor enough. And I'm like, ma, you know, do you and I'll do me. But that's kind of how it's been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, your body best. And I think you're right about just like listening, listen to your body. Now I will say though, if you do become a grandma someday, mm-hmm. I, I want to have a conversation with you then and maybe play back that. Because <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think you're going to love it on the, I don't know, maybe that's presumptuous of me, but most people say that they enjoyed grandparenthood more than parenthood that, that I know, because, because it has like all the fun and none of the responsibility. So, you know, I've heard who knows? say that, that. Could be, that could be cool. You never know. Listen, there are not many things that I've ever said in life that I said it was going to be a thing and it wasn't a thing. Like I, I'm true to, if I'm not anything, I'm true to myself about all okay. of that. Right. And okay. so to your point, there may be a time that I'll look at the baby and say, huh? Yeah, I see that baby, <laughs> but I cannot, or I can guarantee that that baby will not be a mainstay in my house. Okay. <laughs> They can come and visit just like their parents can, but then they have to go back home. Yeah. Or I'll visit them at their house. (laughs) Yeah. Even better. That's fair. (laughs) Well, thank you. It's been so fun talking with you, Caramel. I'm going to make sure that we're going to put information about WTA in the show notes so they can find you also so that they can find your podcast. Your podcast CEO Ah, Chronicles is awesome. So for anyone venturing into their own business or have been in their own business. It's a great, great resource. Well, let me tell you, Amy, I am so grateful that you have me on the show today. And I'm grateful for being able to be a part of our boot camp when we did in Bali, because you brought so much wealth of just kind of introspection that I thought was really, really great. And, you know, if if you all know, Amy, she is, you know, a powerhouse when it comes to that introspection. And I think that that was awesome. So thank you so much for, you know, shining your light on us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks. And I will talk to you very soon, but thanks for being here. Sounds good. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Blueprint Breakers podcast, turning 50, making pivots and traveling the world. 
I would like to give a special, special shout out and thank you to today's guest, Caramel McCoy. And thank you, the listener, for listening. Thank you for your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And thank you for sharing this episode with your friends. And before I go, I would like to quickly share my disclaimer. I am not a therapist, a doctor, or a lawyer, or a financial advisor, etc., etc. This podcast is for your entertainment and information only. I encourage you to take what I share here as a launching point to discover what is right for you. And let's close with an invitation. This Thursday, June 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, join us for our first ever live after the show virtual discussion group. To sign up and to get all the details on our month-long launch party and to get all the links, all the giveaways that will come along the way, sign up at community.blueprintbreakers.com. 